Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! President Jim Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, my God. Christian, the playoffs are here. Oh my God, the Avalanche win two to one in overtime in game two. Kale McCarr with the winner to put them up two to nothing in the series. Christian, I, I could feel my pulse in my palms during that third period. I, my head still hurts. Yeah, no, I, I just had, didn't it feel just like one of those games that like the Avs were going to dominate and then still somehow lose? Like, didn't it just feel that way? Honestly, like, no. I really. I, 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 really, that I really believe they were going to win this game throughout. And really? I, I was texting you, they're going to break him. Connor Ingram makes 48 saves in yeah. this game on 50 shots. I mean, the first shot he faces goes in, and the last shot he faces goes in on shot number 50. Almost stole the entire thing, but I tweeted throughout the night, and I texted you, and I did a live video of me that I, I haven't released all the footage of yet. I might make a super cut of it later. But I was saying, he's dropping pucks. You're going to break him. I felt it the whole way through. Yeah, no, I I had a feeling, like, I just had a feeling that the, this is just going to be one of those games that we're going to look back on. And the Avs are going to win this series in like five or six. And I'm like, how the fuck did the Preds beat them at home? And it was just, oh, Connor Ingram had the game of his fucking life, which he still did. He did. And like you said, he was fantastic tonight. And I just had that feeling. I was like, this is just the way playoff hockey goes. Like, there's just there's just those games sometimes where you kick the shit out of someone and you get goalie. I mean, it, it's just the way it is sometimes. Um, but goddamn, was I so fucking glad to be wrong. Because I'm going to be honest with you, Griffin. I didn't have time to paint my face today. Um, I honestly thought if we lost that game, I was going to have to paint my face for the rest of the postseason. And I don't know if my skin could handle that paint. It was like... 
acrylic shit on my face. Um, Who said so you ever I, had to take it off? Yeah, that, that's why we're recording earlier because I'm not spending 45 minutes trying to take off my fucking face paint. But I, I'm still kind of at a loss for words with that game. It was just, it, it, is it bad to say that game was the most lopsided 2-1 game of all time? I Not at all. The Avalanche dominated 80% of that game. That's why I felt so good about it. It's because if you're going to put 50 shots on a guy, eventually one of them is going to go in. And it's not like Nashville really ever sustained pressure outside of like late in the first period. After the first period, they were up 12, eight in shots. And I, I didn't look at what it was when the game ended, but it was like 32 to nine yeah, after that. It was crazy. Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon combined almost had more shots than the Preds in this game. Yeah, Between Nathan the two McKinnon with eight shots, Kale McCarr with 12. They had 20 shots. The Predators had 26. Kale yeah. McCarr also with, I think, the best game of his career and one of the best games I have seen from anybody, period. What a dom, not even just the winner, from start to finish, dancing around guys, amazing defensive plays. Can you imagine 72 hours ago putting Roman Yossi ahead of him? Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the NHL, and it's not close. And where was Roman Yossi on the winner, Christian? On his knees, where he belongs in front of Kale McCarr. It was, he was fantastic all night, dude. It was just, I, I, I'm running out of words to talk about the guy, man. Like every day, time I think, oh, there's nothing he can do that'll make me be impressed with his game anymore. And he does it. He just, every single time I'm like, oh, all right. that He can't go any higher. He goes fucking higher. Um, just fantastic from Kale McCarr. Um, I still like, I, I, I was running down the stairs. I was so excited when Kale McCarr scored. I went up and down the stairs like twice. And ah, oh, dude, I just, I, I don't know what else to say, man. I really don't. I'm still at a loss for words. We're, we're both we're both still on the high at the moment. It's been what like 45 minutes, if that, goal, if that even, because obviously Christian has to drive home first before we can hop on here. But we're still riding the high at the moment. It is currently 1:45 in the morning for me, and we're we just started the episode. Not even begun the process of editing. I'm not going to sleep tonight. No, I'm I, not. I, I don't care because I don't think I'm going to at all. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know. I'm going to try to go to bed. I'm going to try, but I won't be able to. But at 4 a.m., I might just be like, nope, not happening. Not happening. But, yeah, I mean, let's – we talked about the Kale McCarr goal. Let's talk about – is it safe to say that Nathan McKinnon is the best playoff player in – maybe not – I'm not going to say in NHL history, but right now. But right now, Is he the best playoff player? I mean, who else would it be? Who else can be that dominant in the regular season and then elevate it more? in the playoffs. I mean, the names that come to head, like Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, but those guys like maintain their regular season paces, which are already absurd. Nathan McKinnon brings it up a notch. He is third all time in playoff points per game. That's not an accident. This guy just, he only had the one goal. I say only had the one goal scores on the first shot of the game for either side on a disgusting snipe. But the way he was playing, even just outside of that goal, stripping pucks, dancing around people, much like Kale McCarr, creating two-on-ones, creating so much offense, the two of them alone could have had five points each. 
They, Dude, they're I, so dominant. It's unbelievable how fucking good they are. Like, I think Nathan McKinnon gets faster in the playoffs. He does. I don't I, like. I I really think he does because he he blew by Roman Yossi. I think it was in the first just period or the second period. He literally skated right by him, and Yossi was still like Yossi's still a good skater, and he just blew right by him. I. I want to know if he is faster in the playoffs. I'm I legitimately sure think fast. he is. And I, it just seems like not even just that he's faster, that he's thinking faster. He's reacting to things so much faster. I think that's what makes him look so much faster is because he makes a decision on the ice and a split second later, he's already done it. And dancing around Roman Yossi is no small feat. And he was doing it to everybody. Nobody <laughs> could stop this guy on the ice at all. And the one time... They made him look human was with a cross check to the back that was called for a penalty immediately. That's the closest <laughs> they've come to stopping him in this series. It's unbelievable how good he is. And we're two games in and he's got what three goals, oh, three goals and even more points. It's these guys are so, so good. And I'm so proud of them because I really feel like this game, the experience started to come through. This could have very easily been a game where it's like, God damn it, we're getting goalied. We're not going to win it. I uh, just crap. What do we do? We got to make the perfect play. Uh, we're getting frustrated and flustered. And we just gave up a breakaway and lost the game. That very easily could have happened. But you know what they did instead? They kept going. They kept doing what they were doing. They kept it up in transition. They kept up strong defense, making sure Nashville was not going to get a lucky one. And they kept doing what they know works. Goals they know will eventually go in. And they came close a lot. And when I, if I end up doing that super cut, you can just hear me saying, he's dropping them. You're going to score on him eventually. You're so, so close. And eventually, you get one of your stars to take over the game. And that's all it took. Last year, that didn't happen. You had got frustrated in games against Vegas. And in that overtime where... They're playing great. You give up two goals. They got frustrated, made a stupid play, ended up in the back of their net the other way. And Nashville really outside of like a couple pockets of time really didn't have much. And that's just a credit to how far this group has come. I know it's an overtime win against the second wild card, but I saw significant progress in their mental state. And that's what's going to take them far in the playoffs. Yeah, it was the most impressive part I think for me was the defense tonight, because like you just said, there were no, I think there was the one that Trinan scored to tie the game, which was a fluke goal. I mean, Sammy G, if he makes that play he is a two on one going the other way, but I don't know how it got through him. And then the other chance, I think Trinan missed the net on like a backdoor play. Yeah. That one, right. that one scared the crap out of me, but he, yeah, I, I never saw a replay for that. How did he miss that? I don't know, but he missed the net in there. And then Kemper made one big save in overtime with his left pad. Um, and that's pretty much it, dude. Other than that, they really didn't have that many chances. Like the thing that I take away from this game is the defense was great. And the penalty kill has been unreal so far to start this series. That, I mean, that's five on three to start the third period. And we'll, we'll get into all of that and more later once we're like in a coherent state, <laughs> but that five on three to start the third period, change the entire game. Oh yeah. That, that game could have shifted Nashville scores on it. And then we lose two to one and be like, well, we just got goalies and gave up a five on three. Like, yeah. what do you do? They, that was I an amazing even, kill. Did, did Nashville hit the post on one shot? I think they 
did. Yes. Because it looked did. like from my angle, it looked like it did. Because the way it just bounced, I was like, that didn't hit Kemper. Um, but they had one chance on a two-minute yeah. five on yeah. four, four circuit two minute, the post. Yeah. yeah, it was a two-minute five on three. It was a full two minutes. And the abs were fantastic. I think Kale McCarr had the best scoring chance on that when he had yeah. a two-on-one. Um, so that was a great five-on-three kill. The penalty kill has been unreal to start this series. They gave up one on just a fluky play when you're up five, nothing other than that, they've killed every other single one. So I've been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with the penalty kill um, power play. I thought had their chances. They were just a little off tonight. Is that what you kind of took yeah, away from it too? They, just a they were off. I didn't love the power play. If I have one thing about this game, power play needs to be better. That just it didn't look that dangerous outside of like a couple opportunities. And you know what looked really weird to me tonight? Miko Rantanen very strangely off in this game not in like a super noticeable sense but just looked like he didn't know where the puck was every once in a while looks like he would just be like wait where's where to go where what do i do now oh i have it now and now okay well now i don't he looked like he was turning his head a lot and was having trouble tracking the puck and it looked noticeable on that i think was it the third power play of the game or the fourth one yeah he wasn't but he, he just, he just looked off. He wasn't yeah. good. Yeah, And that's very un Miko Rantanen. Like, cause just like we were saying, Nathan McKinnon's third highest in points per game in the playoffs. I think Miko was like six or seventh. So um, for Miko Rantanen, that was a rare off game. I think my one guy that I, I kind of had a gripe with tonight and I'm interested to get your take on it. I, I didn't think Nicholas Obey-Cubell had a good game tonight. I thought he was mad. I really, I didn't like his play tonight. Um, he was he good got game himself in okay spots, but he d- it felt like executing was a problem. Yeah, I I really think you need to put Alex Newhook in the lineup for Game Three. Um, Knack brings a little bit more physicality, but Newhook and Burakovsky would work so much better than Burakovsky and Knack. I yeah. just I I don't love that line. I, I just don't. Um, so I I. I I want to see Newhook just because the scoring potential is there more and you need depth scoring and in, in when you're on the road. So I'd like to see Newhook play, but I mean, it's hard to complain with the defensive effort these past two games. Like that is a very, very small criticism that you could totally push back against. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, I don't disagree with you because <laughs> it, it's been great defensively in the, past, the first two games. So um, I can see why they're keeping Newhook out, but I, maybe that's just, maybe that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I understand where they're coming from with it, but coming into the game, it seemed like it was coming down to, okay, where are you going to put Logan O'Connor in, which they did for Cogliano, or McDermott? And is McDermott ahead of the pecking order when it comes to New Hook? Like, it seems strange, doesn't it? Yeah, it shouldn't be. I mean, I don't think New Hook did anything in the regular season that would require him to get scratched for two games. That's just me yeah. personally, but... Well, we don't need to be negative. We're just going to stay positive because this was a hell of a win. But it, it, I think we both just gave our two gripes that we have with this game because there were very few. Um, but you, we touched on a little bit with how it got to a five on three. I want to get your opinion on it because I do think we, we see this differently. Um, at the end of the second period, the Avs uh, looked to score a goal. It looks, was it Big Val? It was Val, it was Val who put it in. Val who put it in. Arturi Lekkonen's crash in the net. He makes some contact with um, Ingram uh, first, and then he gets cross-checked into him. And Big Val scores, and they immediately wave it off for goaltender interference. 
Jared Bednar challenges the call. Call stands, and the Avs have to kill a penalty, which then led to the five-on-three in the third period. Um, I thought it was a good call. I think Lekkonen made contact first, and then he's cross-checked into him. Um, I just I, – I thought that was a risky challenge, and I don't really think it was – I think it was a very uh, spur-of-the-moment challenge. It wasn't a, a well-thought-out challenge. See, well, I've calmed down on it because, like, when that happened, I was like, okay, thank God it's the end of the period because I need to go outside and take a walk <laughs> for a second. My view on it is Lekkonen absolutely makes contact with Ingram initially, but I think Ingram would have had plenty of time to recover and make the save if Dante Fabro does not cross-check Lekkonen directly down on top of him. I don't know if I would have challenged that because I – they're not going to take away the initial call on the ice for that because they'll be like, what, what do you mean? He's sitting on him. But I don't think, I don't think you take that back. Honestly, I don't, I think that's a goal. I think he, I think Lekkonen makes the contact with him. Absolutely. If Nachushkin scored there, no goal, wave it off. But if you count the time between that and the goal, Ingram would have had plenty of time to recover. And it's Dante Fabro who pushed Lekkonen right on top of him. Could have hurt him, by the way. Very stupid play, but or smart play, I guess, by Dante Fabro because it waved off the goal. But I, ge- I guess it's how you interpret the rule because it's, it's just what goaltender interference is, which is nothing. It's 50-50. If you interpret the rule differently, you're going to call it differently. If you see that first contact by Lekkonen as absolute no, then you're going to wave it off. If you're like me and you see that as, okay, he made, he touched him, but if it's not cross-checked down on top of him, then he would have had time to recover and make that save. It's, it's just why you need a clear definition of the rule. Cause we can do this all day, yeah. but we don't know what the rule is. Yeah. We could do it all day. I just, I, I think I agree with what you just said. If that call was originally called a goal on the ice, I think it stands, but since it was called Agreed. no goal, they had to keep it because there was not enough evidence to overturn it. So I, I agree with you on that part, but it is, I feel like goaltender interference is very weird because if you go back to game one with the uh, uh, Rangers and Penguins, I watched that back and I was like, I feel like the Penguins hit him into the net. Right. It's just the what it, what's the rule here? Yeah. You don't really, no one, no one has ever understood what goalie interference is. And I agree that the call on the ice was the determining factor. They waved it off right away if they had yep. called that a goal i think it would have stood but i mean i was mad at the time i was emotional it's a playoff game it's a tied playoff game where i'm getting frustrated i'm not afraid to admit that and i've calmed down and i very much see the other side of the argument i see this as a 50 50 how i interpret the rule is he had time to recover and his own teammate interfered with him that's how i see it i don't know i don't know if that's pure bias i don't know if i watch that in a game i have no emotional attachment to if i say the same thing but that's how i feel about it yeah i I don't i don't disagree with anything you just said i just saw it in the moment i was like that's gonna be real tough to overturn yeah um and that was a very I mean, Bednar doesn't usually challenge things off emotion, but I feel like he challenged that one off emotion. And yeah, well, it's, it's, also, it's also not just Bednar making that call. It's it's the video crew also looking at that yeah. kid in his ear, be like, yeah, challenge that, challenge that, absolutely. Like, yeah, he's, like he's, not, he's not going to override everybody and be like, no, fuck you, I'm challenging that. That's coming Yeah, down. he's not going to, but it, it did feel um, 
it, it did feel a little odd because I didn't see anything that necessarily would overturn that. But um, regardless, who cares? Because it didn't matter. We still won the game. I yeah. If if anything, big IQ galaxy brain play because you get the five on three, you kill it off. Dominant third period. Yeah, I. And we we can go into the third period now. It it truly felt like after that five on three, the Avs had the puck in the pred zone the entire time. Yeah, the entire time. I, it I don't felt think like, it, it felt like a power play. Yeah, the entire like. The last seven minutes of the period, I think the Avs got their power play with like 7-12 left in the third period, something like that. They had the puck in that zone for six minutes after that. That that final power play, I still don't know how they didn't score on it. There were so many chances and so many pucks just laying there to be batted in. Um, and the Avs just couldn't get to them. And that's why I thought, man, I really thought it was just going to be a game that they weren't going to win. Uh, but they pull it out and they finally get one of those pucks that are just laying there that are free to take and Kel McCarr puts it away. But that third period, I still don't know how Landeskog missed the net. I don't Landis. either. That The Landeskog flubbing that one, the Kadri not being able to get that off the – I mean, people were freaking out like, oh, Connor Ingram, what outstanding saves. I look at that like, dude, if they get the – if Landeskog gets that one, that's a goal. If Kadri gets that off the ice, that's a goal. And we're not even talking about overtime in this instance. They just kind of flubbed it. They didn't get all they wanted on the shots and it gave Ingram a lot of confidence, but like we said, it didn't matter because I could see it in Ingram. He was making all these saves, but when they got a little traffic in front of him, you could see him start to juggle it a little bit. And you could see him when they would blow the whistle or go to commercial. He was, Huffing and puffing. He's getting tired. He was exhausted. So that's that's what I was saying during the game. Keep shooting. Keep doing what you're doing. Eventually, he's going to break. Because it, he's got to be nervous also. This is his first ever playoff start, and it's all riding on him. If he makes one mistake, the game's over. And that's got to wear on you after a while, too. Especially, if, like I said, your first playoff game. And he's, what, 23, 24 years old? Yeah, I mean, they had no intentions of or any idea that he would be starting a playoff game for them this year. Um, Especially not after the Arizona game. Yeah, I don't think he thought he'd be starting in a playoff game. But I got to give the kid credit. I I thought he played damn well. All the the credit in the world. One of the best games I've seen from a goalie this season from Connor Ingram. And, I mean, it sounds like I'm not giving him credit after the Landeskog and Kadri things. There were other times he made some outstanding saves. This this should have been. Uh, five, six, one game. Yeah, it really should have. I, I don't, I think, was it you who retweeted the winnow meter for the abs that started? I think so, period? but I also saw he made like three, four saves above expected. Like the Avalanche, they should have scored at least four to five goals yeah. at that point. He stopped three. Yeah, like he, I think the winnow meter for the abs is like 80 to 20 at one point. Oh, I, I have it for right here in my other tab. It, it is 85% the Avalanche win that game. Yeah. That doesn't happen in the playoffs. No, that doesn't like we're talking two straight games for the abs where they've utterly dominated and two totally different games. And they've won both. Um, I think this sets up for, um, do you have anything else go for this game? Anything else you want to touch on? I mean, also just continuing on what you just said there is that the avalanche, while this one went to overtime and a low scoring game, they dominated both of these games. Like you just said, this game, you can argue is even more dominant. Because after, after the first period, that game was done. No one was really even playing at that point. Nashville's just playing for pride. We're, pre- we're playing to just be like, well, okay, well, we have to. 
This game, I think, is more indicative of what the series was going to be. And Nashville, I really feel like gave it what they could, but they really do not have a lot for us. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be cocky. They just they don't have the depth, they don't have the star power. And if Connor Ingram can't keep that up for the rest of the series, then this one might not be that close. So it's I clear, don't, it's clear who the better team is in yes, this series. It's very clear. And it, it's for game three, it's really going to come down to can the Avs survive the first 10 minutes of the game? Exactly. Like survive that initial 10 minutes. Don't give them a goal. Don't give them a stupid power play. Just survive. And then your talent will take over and the gap will show. Like it's, it's always tough to go in there for game threes. If I remember right, St. Louis, it was like zero, zero going into the second period, right? Last year like for game three. For game three. No, we scored pretty early in the second period. Remember that Bennington turnover to Graves? Yeah, no, I was saying after the first period. Oh, uh, yeah, after the, I thought you said second period. Yeah, no, that's no second period, and then great yeah. score, and then the floodgates open. Yeah, then then the floodgates open. We're up 3-4, nothing, during yeah. second period. Yeah. You just need to survive the first 10 minutes, and if you win game three, the series is over. Yeah. Like, you're I, not I, think, I think you can argue – the series isn't over, but it would take a, a miracle, like a It shot would take Connor nine. Ingram playing like this the rest of the series for them. And then more, because yeah. Nashville would also need to play better in front of him as well. Yeah. For them to not only win a game, win four of five. Yeah, that's a tall order. And I'm I'm trying to say that as unbiased as possible to beat this Avs team four of five times. I don't care that three of potentially the next five games are in Nashville. You gotta win all of those, and you have to win one in Colorado. Yeah, that's a tall order. And if it's like I said, if Ingram. Is they not have to win two in Colorado. Again. They have to win two in Colorado. Yeah, you're Most right. Yeah. Well, we well we can technically win one in Colorado and they win the other, but yeah, true. Yeah, but if Ingram is not making 48 saves on 50 shots, I I'm sorry, but what do you got for us that is yeah. going to top us? And it's not like the it's not like the Abs play a game that's different on the road. They can play the same game They're wherever not- you put them. Like they're not just, afraid of anything. Yeah, they aren't afraid. They've been there. They've done that. And Nashville's a really tough place to play. I'm not going to dog on Nashville fans because they're good fans. But hey, you went into Vegas last year and you got your asses kicked in three games. So they know what they're doing. And I think the Fortress, even though I hate the Vegas fans, it's a fucking wild atmosphere, it seems like there. Yeah. So And in the St. Louis series – they still had some restrictions from COVID and yeah. was it like a 50% capacity crowd? Like that's not the same thing as this yeah. one. So it's going to be another interesting test going in, into Nashville and seeing what they can do there. I, th- I think it's going to be fun. I mean, obviously we were right about game two is not going to be the same as game one. And it's like you said, you got to survive the initial rush. There's going to be a lot of emotion trying to get one back. We're at home. The fans are behind this. If you can keep them off the board, if you can get on the board early, that's big. You've got to get on the board first in these games. If you score first, it's pretty much game over. And the way Darcy Kemper has been playing, like I, he's been, it's been light work for him considering what he was underratedly fantastic in this game. Connor Ingram stole the show, but do not ignore what Darcy Kemper did in this game. He finishes with a nine sixty two and made some huge stops late in this game. Nashville could have stolen it if he was off and he was not. 
Yeah, he was he was great. And if he plays like that in Nashville, we're good. Like we're good. We're not just good in Nashville. We're good for the rest of the year. Because you're gonna win a lot of games if you're only giving up one goal. Just saying, you're gonna win a lot of games. And the, and the one he gives up, it's like you said, the Sam Gerard thing. Uh, you can call it a bad read. You can call it bad luck. It's a it's a two on one where he's one on one with the shooter, and the shooter just beat him from five feet out. Like there's really not much he can do on that one, and no. shut down everything else the rest of the night. Because my main concern with Darcy all year has been, okay, well, when he stops facing shots, he, you know, it seems like he can kind of get beat by the next one. He only faced about after the first period, if I can look at the shots real quick, he faced 15 shots for the rest of the game, <laughs> nine great. of them in regulation. I mean, Predators had six shots in overtime. That was more than they had in full 20-minute periods after the first. Yeah. He stayed locked in and made some big saves, especially some on Philip Forsberg, especially some on some cross-crease passes. I know Ingram stole the show, but Darcy Kemper, man, is he here to play. He's been good, man. Like he, He's – he was like he said I, I had did have some concerns because it's like during the regular season if he wasn't facing 50 shots it was almost like he wasn't as good right and in these first two games he's faced probably a combined like 45 I think I'd say they, yeah I think they had 20 I think like 50 51 in the two games I think that I think they had 25 or 26 shots in game one as well oh really yeah that may have been that way. it was seven to one just, at one just remembering what we talked about last episode that's my memory is weird but yeah I'm pretty but, sure I said 25 shots yeah so he he's been fantastic I have no no complaints about his game it was his birthday today so that was pretty cool would have been nice for him to get a shutout but uh didn't happen so I guess my question for you for game three is do the abs go up three, nothing. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. hockey fans feel the action on the ice. Like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL right now. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash, because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I believe that they do. I mean, it's just the road is a big test, especially the first one that like in a series that's not a sweep. This is always the one where the one comes from for the other teams. The first game at home where they try to get one back because there's always that mentality that you're not in trouble until you lose at home. I think this is going to be the hardest game of the series. And Nashville is going to give it their absolute all. I mean, Connor Ingram, if he makes 50 saves or if he makes 35 and lets in three, 
they're going to be all in in this game and it's going to be a brutal crowd and you're going to have to give it your absolute all. I think we're talking about another close game. It's going to take a bunch of gritty goals and you can't just rely on McKinnon and McCarr to get all the goals in this game. You're going to need your JT Comfers to score. You might need a Darren Helm goal to just get a, a garbage one through Ingram. Those are the kind of goals it's going to take to win on the road. I think they do win and they do pull it off because I have no reason to say that this team's going to lose a game after how they've dominated these last two games. But I think a, a three to two is pretty reasonable. Maybe four two with an empty netter. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. Um, I do think Nashville scores the first goal in game three, but the Avs will just eventually like the emotion will wear down for Nashville and they'll come crashing back down the earth and we'll see a lot more of what we saw in game two and game one. Yeah. I mean, I think the longer that game goes scoreless, the better it is for us. hundred percent. Um, so yeah, the abs, I, I have all faith. Like if it's not in four, the series is done in five. Yeah. Like cause Nashville, they're going to give it the old college try. They might get a steal from Connor Ingram. If he does play like that again, I don't think he does, man. And that's I also really the thing. Don't. If he does play like that, they might get one because they gotta play better in front of him to pull that off but if he doesn't they still might get one just because they've only had three goals so far in this series as a whole you've had no philip forsberg on the board you've had no roman yossi on the board yet eventually some of those guys are going to break through for a couple but we've seen who the better team is and i don't see how they win two in this series it's it's just tough it's very tough, um, but I can't wait for Saturday. Saturday's going to be a fucking blast. Um, I got nothing more about this game. Should we talk about the rest of the league in the playoffs? Because yeah, right that's now, where like, I was hoping, that's where I was hoping we would go. Yeah, with this because, and uh, I gotta say, disappointing some of these games. Have oh been yeah, like this was the best game of the playoffs so far. Oh yeah, that and the Rangers triple overtime. There have been maybe two, maybe three games that have been good so far at eight. Uh, the day one games have been bad, like just flat out bad. Yeah, they've been blowouts in every single game. Like well, they, none of they, them have they, been interesting. Uh, I know you haven't seen this. Have you seen how bad the Flames and Stars series is? I saw it was two nothing. Stars this won. Series is an affront to the sport. The Heat. Really? I didn't watch the. I had it on my laptop and did not pay any attention to it. The heat maps for this game are appalling. There's nothing happening in these games. This series <laughs> is the worst I have ever seen. And I'm you've missed nothing. Two I'm straight glad. shutouts, one nothing win for Calgary in game one, two nothing win for Dallas in game two, with an empty netter, by the way. So another one nothing game essentially. Both goals with a goalie net scored in the first period. This series is awful. You look at the game flow, like on the NHL app, there's nothing happening. Nothing. I want to like talked about this, dude. Dallas is not good. They are not. But the thing about them is that they have embraced that, and they're like, okay, we're not good, but we're gonna make sure that nothing happens and it's miserable for everybody. I just I don't get how Calgary isn't running away with that series. I really don't. Dallas is just making show making sure that absolutely nothing happens. And okay, well, their expected goals, I'm looking at money puck shoots up because of the empty netter at the end of the game. But Dallas before that had about like one expected goal. And I think Calgary had two. It's ridiculous, dude. That is a boring series. 
Um, every other series has been like majority. I think the only teams that are up two on their series are the abs and the hurricanes, right? Yeah, every other that's exactly kind of it. I mean, you look at the series themselves. If you take out the games, bunch of interesting series that could go either way. The games themselves have been bad. Yeah. Uh, the only other one outside of the overtime games was the first caps and Panthers game. Uh, the second one was trash. The Panthers dominated that game. The Caps could not get a save. The Maple Leaf series, Maple Leafs dominate game one. The Lightning dominate game two outside of two garbage time goals. The Hurricanes and Bruins series might already be over. The Bruins have absolutely nothing to throw the Hurricanes it, away. I really thought the Bruins were going to give them a better series, and the Bruins just look old and slow. They can't compete with these. It's what yeah. I said, I think, about a couple months ago. I think the Bruins could make a run if they don't play the Hurricanes. They got nothing for them at all. And this is with uh, Koshikov in net, I think it is, yeah. or whatever, however you pronounce the name, because I think Pasternak gave Ranta a concussion. Yeah. So the third string makes 30 saves, and... I just, maybe the Bruins can steal one at home, but that series is done. Uh, the Rangers and Penguins has been fun. This one was not as fun as the first one because the, the Rangers pulled away with it late, but that was still a fun game. I love that series. Uh, obviously, our game was fun for us. Both Minnesota games have been bad. Blowouts. Blowouts. It's been so weird. Like, I texted you this last night. I genuinely think that St. Louis played well last night. It, Minnesota got every single bounce to go their way in that game. Yeah, and Huso played like shit. He played amazing yeah. in game one, played awful in game two. He was Four bad. on eight shots. Yeah, he was bad. Um, that series is going to be like – I still think that series is going seven. I think they're going to alternate who wins games. Like I think St. Louis wins the next game big, and then fucking Minnesota will pull it out in game four. But I, I agree that – I thought that series was going to be a lot more entertaining and closer it hasn't been that way uh Edmonton LA I know Edmonton or oh LA's... you know the first game was good but that's yeah. what that's what I mean about the series I forgot about that game that it was wasn't a good even... first game but it, it wasn't was even that close. great Edmonton is still significantly better than LA it's just Edmonton actually got a competent goaltending performance in game two yeah and that's the reason why they won it game one if Mike Smith plays even two percent better they win that game Right. Um, and the, the Oilers are probably going to win that series. Yeah. I think they win it in five. I just don't think LA is that good yet. Like they have a lot of young pieces, but they're just not there yet. Um, but like, like you said, like we thought this first round was going to be very, very entertaining. It's been kind of a snoozer. Yeah, I mean, we've got two overtimes and eight games. I mean, granted they've been barn burners, triple overtime and the, the winner from Kale McCarr here. I think the second round is when we're really going to start to see oh, yeah. pick up because you could see it the second these matchups were official. The way it could line up, Florida, Tampa round two, just for example, Carolina and Pittsburgh or New York, take your pick, Colorado, Minnesota or St. Louis, and then potentially Calgary and Edmonton. Those are all incredible. Those are all going to be banger close series. Maybe we just got to slog through the first two weeks because these games have not been that great. Maybe some of them will get better as we shift to shift to the other buildings. But wow, there's been three good games at eight and they've all been when the abs are on or when yeah. the caps are on. So I can't watch them, but it's been very weird. Like usually the playoffs, like I, do you think there's a first round upset this this year? I mean, we'll see what goes on with the Caps and the Panthers. 
uh, as it shifts to Washington. I thought the Caps played terrible in that game, and they could they can play a lot better. They've showed the Panthers are vulnerable. Uh, in terms of upsets, I mean, would a three seed beating a two seed really be an upset? We'll see what goes on with Dallas, but I do not give a fuck about that series at all. Yeah. So I don't care what happens. I kind of hope Calgary wins so we can see them play Edmonton next round. But I mean, if St. Louis beats Minnesota, that's not really an upset. If the Rangers beat the Penguins, it's not an upset. Tampa beats Toronto, that's not an upset. Like I just, in terms of actual upsets, probably not. Yeah, I which is very weird because we talked about this. NHL is the league of parody, and it's. I mean, maybe it's just stuff. been the the last several playoffs have just been so bizarre and strange. Maybe we're just due for a, a chalky run. Yeah, I mean, it happens every once in a while. It, it does. I mean, let's think of the last normal playoff. Every division winner lost in round one, and then you had the the freaking bubble, which was weird enough on its own, and then rankings didn't mean anything at all. But also in the qualifier, you had both 12 seeds advancing over the five seeds. And then last year, no division winner made it to the final four after they played the same teams eight times. And Montreal, the worst team in the playoffs, went to the Stanley Cup final and then became the worst team in the league. Maybe we're just due for one where the two best teams in the league play in the final. Because when was the last time that happened? I mean, I doubt it, too. But no, I said I'd be down for that. I'd oh, I thought, you said, that. I thought you said that you doubt that. No, but, no, no. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um, but like that's when was the last time that even happened? Statistically, it has to happen eventually. So you're right. You're now. right. I'd be cool with it because that means the ass would be the uh, be the front runners for it. So, um, yeah, it, it's been an interesting playoffs. I know for a fact um, I'm going to my anniversary dinner tomorrow that the games are going to be fucking unreal. Uh, because I've been able to watch all these ones. I won't be able to watch these ones and these games are going to be unreal. Um, but that's just the way life goes, man. That's the way life goes. That's how it, but, that's how it always is. The second you turn off a game and watch another one, that game just gets better. That's how it always I turned, goes. I turned off that Toronto Tampa game last night when it was five, one with like 10 minutes left. And all of a sudden I turned the game off and it's five, three and like the blink of an eye. I'm like, what the fuck happened, man? Yeah. Every, um, every time I turned away from the hurricanes game, there was a goal scored every time. Every I, it's like they know. When I watch that series, worst hockey I've ever seen. I turn it off to watch the Leafs score every time. I've yep. seen one goal in that series. I'm not kidding. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, but, yeah, man, I cannot wait for Saturday. Uh, just a heads up to everyone listening. It will be a little bit later episode. Uh, shout out my little sister, Devin. She's graduating college on Saturday. So uh, we will be doing a little bit later of an episode. But I got nothing else, man. Yeah, I mean – Kale McCarr. Yeah. Kale what McCarr. A, what a monster. Yeah, and we'll this, just leave it at that. This Avs team, it's Wayne Gretzky said in the intermission if the Avs are going to win the Stanley Cup, these are games they need to win. And like their motto, they found a way to win. It doesn't matter how good Connor Ingram was, they stuck with the process all the way to the end. And eventually, Kale McCarr just got one through him because he's a fucking superstar and the best yeah. defenseman in the league. And now we shift to Nashville. The Avalanche lead two games to none. They defended their home ice. And now comes the big challenge. Can you go into Nashville, into that crowd, with all that energy for the Predators, and steal not just one, but potentially two games and go in this series? But one game at a time. We got game three on Saturday, 4.30 Mountain Time. Or I'm sorry. Eastern. Eastern. Eastern time. Yeah, because I'm looking at Wikipedia. 4.30 Eastern time, 2.30 Mountain time. So 
We'll see where all that goes, but that is it for this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Christian, we're undefeated on the playoff episode so far. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Heads up, we're doing a watch-along for Game 4, so make sure you check us out. We're doing a watch-along for Game 4. It is currently 2.21 a.m. Eastern Time, so we're going to wrap this one up here so I can get to editing this and get it up eventually. I'm not tired, so I will not be falling asleep while I do. Oh, I'm hitting, I'm hitting the wall. I'm hitting the wall. I've, I don't know how I'm still going. <laughs> I, I maybe when we probably when we press end meeting, I'm just gonna crash onto the table because yeah. I'm just on such an energy high right now. But just to be safe, we'll wrap this one up here just to make sure I don't fall asleep on the episode. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for this edition of the Teledavidus Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so very much for tuning in if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore belay and you can follow the show at tell it abs it is where we'll have a bunch of fun stuff coming out here in just a little while but again thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time wow daisy is so smart she knows when i'm wrapping episodes now so now (laughs) she's getting up and staring at me so that I can go hang out with her. So thank you all so very much for tuning in. We will catch you all next time after game three. Enjoy tomorrow's games. We'll see you guys then. Enjoy game three.